Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet. I am pumped to have y'all here with me this week because I am pumped to have today's guest on the show. I'm going to try to stop saying the word pumped, uh, but it, it, it's accurate. With us today, uh, we have Matt Vincent, who is two-time Highland Games world champion and founder of Hate Brand Goods, um, something you've seen me post a lot about on Instagram, but I'm glad to ha finally have this chance to, to chat with him a bit. Um, for those of you that don't know, because um, you probably go look at Matt's page right now and think he does not look like a fat dude. Uh, Matt definitely has <laughs> got a, got a, Matt's got a, Matt's got a fat history. We're going to talk about, um, no, I, I like sure. to think it, it's true, man. And the funny thing is like a lot of the guys I've had so far on the show have been people that, you know, their weight has dominated their life in ways that, you know, was really out of control. But I, I look at your story and as, as fat, as much of a fat dude as you were, you were, you were like a functional fat guy, you know, you were. You were put. You were putting your mass to use. So I, I think it's going to be an interesting discussion for us today. Well, that's definitely what I convinced myself of. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. So, how are you doing today? I'm glad. To, glad to have you I'm, on. I'm good, man. Good, man. Starting the day with kind of a normal routine and uh, figuring out my to-do list for the day and start knocking shit off. So. Nice, nice. And I, also, I know I'm not sure if I'm allowed to curse on your podcast or not. So. I, I honestly, I, I don't know if it's allowed. I, I, I'm not, I'm not far enough. All right, I'll keep it to a, I'll keep it to also. a minimum. Yeah, you know, keep it to a minimum. But if it hap if, if you know, shit happens, shit happens. Um, right, I think cool. we'll we'll survive. We'll definitely survive. Um, so we're. I wanna, I wanna talk a little bit about. You know, I wanna get into. You know, your your experience. Um, definitely your 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 time as a fat dude, and you know, I think we've got some other. You've got some other interesting perspectives I want to talk about um, in terms of mindset and things along those lines that I, I think for the audience out there that doesn't know, like I, I gave you a little bit of an introduction to Matt, but if, if you want to introduce yourself a little bit and let people know a little bit about you, um, sure. I, I think we've got, you know, in terms of our audio, our target demographic crossover is a little bit different. So I, I'm excited for them to learn a little bit more about you and about uh, what you put out there for people. Yeah, so um, I've been a competitive strength athlete since 2007. Prior to that, was track and field in college, and uh, you know, then normal bullshit growing up of sports and uh, whatnot. Of kind of always have played sports and always kind of trained for sports performance, starting at about 14, and now I'm 36. Uh, so it's been it's been fun, and through that time, I've essentially gotten bigger and then when i finally retired from sport uh due to some injury i decided to uh get my shit together and drop the weight as a I quit giving myself the excuse of well i needed to throw further and right. uh, since i wasn't throwing anymore it didn't make any sense for me to be fat and weak so i decided to dive in and try to be better looking and uh still relatively relatively weak so <laughs> Well, I, I think that's so, one of the so one of the I great. Am. There you go. <laughs> I I think one of the great things I think that you, in in terms of you know the way you put things out there is you you always seem to boil things down to like core concepts for you. So I I remember when I discovered you a couple of years ago. Uh, it probably was like 2016 when you were really starting to dive into dropping weight, and you you would talk a lot about wanting to be less gross, and I was yeah. like, yeah, like you know that's exactly you know exactly you know what makes sense like and i know you know there's probably some people who are like 
get bristle at the idea of saying we look gross and and, and crap like well, that but you know it's I true know. i don't uh, yeah, yeah and i'm also not that fragile of a guy and at the same time right, look right. man like it, what it comes down to me and and i think we're in an interesting time where people are very sensitive especially with fat shaming or any of these other types oh, yeah. of things and at the end of the day like i don't have a personal give a shit of whether or not people find well the, the term is fat people if you find being fat or the fat people that you're attracted to what you're attracted to right on like there's mm-hmm. a variety for everyone and oh yeah if we're if we're talking what what we look at as optimal or beautiful beautiful or any of those type of things well i mean people find a variety of stuff. And so if big is what you're into, that's rad. And, you know, it's not body shaming in any way, but we can't pretend that it's healthy. And mm-hmm. that, that's an issue that I've got with society is that we've switched a script that like any type of negative speak toward, you know, body issues is considered this like fucking hate speech at the end of the day. Like, right. It's still not healthy. There's a reason there's not a lot of, you know, 300 and 400 pound 50 year olds. They're fucking dead. And so, I mean, uh-huh. that's a choice that you gotta, you gotta make a, you know, make a decision on. But as far as aesthetics go, I mean, that's in the eye of the beholder. And I don't really have an opinion on that matter other than my own vanity and how I want to look. And I, I think you're right. Like I, I, <laughs> there definitely has been this shift of, you know, now we, I mean, I was, you know, I, I was over 500 pounds. There was, there was nothing that's- healthy about anything I would. That that's fucking wild to me, man. The idea of, of being five hundred pounds is one of those things that I've just never never understood. Like, I mean, so I, I guess during this conversation, I've got questions for you too. Um, oh yeah. So, like, like, how old are you? Uh, I am forty six. Okay, okay. And so, like, through the process of gaining that weight, like, I mean, the same way weight loss doesn't happen overnight, neither does weight gain. I mean, at, at what oh, point yeah. did you kind of get surprised that you had gotten that big? And at what point did you feel that, like, well, it's, it's too late? Yeah, like, I, that's a good question. Like, it's, I started life as a fat kid. So, sure. And, and as a very, very fat kid. So, for me, being really overweight was never outside of the norm. So I, I think that kind of built in and, and insulated that a little bit for me. And I, I was so lost in that in food and, and my obsession with it and addiction to it and that lifestyle that you built like you build a really enabled lifestyle when you're when you're getting that big. Like you you set up your entire life to support it. Uh you know you're that big, you know it's not good. Um, but it, it's funny because I've heard you talk you know, with, with some other, some other dudes and say, you know, like about some other strength athletes when they see 400 pounds, you know, and you, you, I can't imagine seeing a four at the start of the scale and thinking, okay, this is, you know, I'm going to move on with the rest of my day. And I remember, I remember seeing 500 and, and thinking, well, there really aren't that many other people that are this big, like, and (laughs) it never, yeah, like it really wasn't, but it wasn't like a, okay you need to do something about it. It was more of like, well, that's, you know, how many other people are this? How many other people get this freaking huge? Like I was wrapped in this world of denial. Like, I really think that I was, I, it it was almost like I had embraced that identity of being the big guy. And the bigger I became, the more I was just the big guy, you know, the more I was the happy fat guy, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was, I, I mean, like, if you go back, like, my, my Instagram two, 
you know, go back two and a half years ago was a very different page. Um, like I was, I like to say I was more of like a, a freak show or a sideshow at that point. Like I was showing people what I was actually eating. Like, cause one of my biggest things, so you is just like, lean, you just leaned into it. Oh, completely, completely. Like it was, I made it my identity. Like I really made it wow. my identity and, and I, and it, and it came from that place of, you know, part of, you know, continuing to enable me to do what I wanted to do. But also, it came from that place of I felt like you would always see these people on television shows that were 500 pounds. And they would be saying, I just don't eat that much. I really don't eat that much. I'm not really, you know, I, I move my body. And I'm, I would watch sure. that and be like, you are, you are lying. You are completely lying. Yes, are there right, some, are there, it's, is there, it's still is there, fucking calories in versus calories out. That's how it works. And I understand oh, your metabolism could go to shit, but at the same time, like exactly. And is there is there like a point point oh five percent of the population that has a, a metabolic genetic disorder that causes them to gain weight when they just take a deep breath? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> a scientist. Maybe. Well, uh, look, at the end I'm, of the I'm, day, like one one of my favorite arguments, right? Like, and I think we can we we use that as a crutch, right? This idea that oh, maybe. Yeah metabolically i'm broken or this and that and i can't lose weight and man it's funny but oh, yeah. I, fuck i used that excuse for a long time even mm -hmm. you know that i was like look i just i just don't lose weight and this was when i still had you know really everyone at my disposal you know i had friends like chrissy who does nutrition and she worked with me for a while and i saw very minimal results honestly because i didn't i didn't adhere to it as far as the mm -hmm. macros go like I, I i'm not a guy that's allowed to have loopholes i will absolutely cheat right Eat, eat like an asshole. I'm not a guy who's. Oh uh, yeah. We're, we're not having a, an an Oreo. Oh yeah. Like if if Oreos are going to exist, I'm going to eat until they're gone. Oh yeah. And, and so like, that's really how it went. And I mean, while I never got crazy big, um, I mean, my biggest was like 320, and I was doing that for strongman. But after I got out of strongman, I dropped a little bit more weight since it wasn't optimal for throwing. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, when people don't think that it's still calories in versus calories out, like I think Rob Wolf with, you know, uh, paleo stuff, hearing him talk, one of the things he's like, show me the fat guy that survived Auschwitz. Right. Like it doesn't exist because they oh. were starving. And that's, and, and that really is it. Like, and you know, I've got, you know, my Instagram handles got keto in it. I'm a keto guy. Um, and sure. We, we can talk more about that, but I, at the end of the I'm also the keto guy that says you need to you still need to control your calories. I'm not in that there are so many there are a lot of people in that camp of well eat with X Y and Z diet and just eat whatever you want because you're going to lose weight right. naturally, you know. And That's, and it's not I how laugh it works. At that. It's still calories it, in versus calories out. Oh, completely. And and like someone who says to me like I've had people say to me, "Well, show me that you could binge on chicken breast and broccoli." And I was like, "Oh, is that a challenge?" Right. I will, oh, yeah. I will, same I will, same I will, boat here. <laughs> I'll binge the hell out of some chicken breast and broccoli. If you want to give me that, you want to open that door to me. Like I, it's harder like, to do. You, oh, oh, completely. But, but I, I, I being, I would, you know, I, at my heaviest, I was 540 pounds. You're not 540 pounds by accident. You know, it's, no. it's as hard. It's, it's as hard to stay 540 pounds as it is to stay 200 pounds after losing a hundred pounds. Uh, you, you work right. at it for different reasons. You work at it for different reasons, but you're still working at it. Like it's, I never, like I, like you asked about like, when did I kind of, kind of give up or peace along those lines? Like, I, I think it's that, that's, those are really accurate words. Like, I think I gave up on life 
And I decided that if, if food made me happy and I was going to die young, then I'll just die young. Like I, I had made that, mm. that was the decision I had made in my head like that. And I, I, I say that out loud now, like when I, I recorded an earlier episode of this podcast and I talked about what life was like at 540 pounds for me. And there's a lot of pauses in that episode where I stop and say things like, think about that. And one of my friends who listens, um, he said, you know, when you're recording a podcast, stop saying that whole, you know, telling people to stop and think about it. And I said, I wasn't doing that consciously. That was because I was saying these things out loud and realizing how freaking insane my life sounded at that time. Like right. how the average how the average person listening to me talking about eating eight Big Macs and then going to dinner is going to be like, how on earth do you do that? Like I, I, I can like I, I like to say it's like I, I tell the stories that control your toes. And, you know, I've got other guys that I've connected with and some I've had in the podcast and some that I'm going to have on like where we we can go toe to toe with stories like that. So there's there's this commonality to that experience that I don't think people realize is there. But it's still to me like I look now like I, the idea that I gave up on life is real to me. Like I had to decide that I wanted to live to make change. And it's I it sounds so freaking cliche and and simple. But that was the big switch for me because up until that point, you know, because 100%, I believe, like, if you're over 500 pounds, you're giving up on something. Like, you're not, you're, you're, <laughs> well, you're not for in sure. the fight. You're definitely, you're, well, you're definitely at some point a prisoner. Oh, yeah, completely. Right? Because, I mean, you've, you've restricted what your options are. You've restricted what you can do. You've restricted how well you can go. Like, even in stuff as far as. Even simple travel is a pain in the ass. Like, and nothing, oh, yeah. nothing works well when you're that size. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean like, we, we make jokes about someone like Hapthor, and you know what traveling and day to day life must be for for that guy. But mm -hmm. then you're another hundred pounds heavier than he is without being able to spread it over six ten. I mean, I guess I don't know your height, but I'm assuming you're not uh, six foot ten. I'm not. I, I I'm five eleven, and I'm pretty sure that right. there's, there's more muscle in his right forearm than there was in, in my entire body at that point. So yeah, he's an I, amazing I, size human. Yeah, I mean, like to say I was voluminous is accurate. You know, like sure, you're, you're right. Like I at my at, when I was at my heaviest, when I measured my waist, it was eighty four inches. Wow. So, yeah, my thighs were over. And, and where inches. and where are you now? Um, right now I'm, I'm 222 pounds. Um, Holy I, fuck, man. Like, like you, it, you lost a fat person. Exactly. And, and that's, <laughs> and I've done this, I've done this twice. You know, I, in 2013, I got down to 210 pounds. Um, and, <sighs> and, and then ballooned and, uh, back up to what? Uh, to 480. Um, Holy and I ballooned. Okay. And, and here, if you're ready for this, um, I ballooned back up to 480 in six months. Wow. It was yeah, May and of that's, 20. Look, and that's one of those things that people don't realize that like there's weight loss has this, uh, this bounce effect on the metabolism. And Oh yeah. Like if you haven't spent enough time at the new body weight for your metabolism to adjust, like it wants to go back because it thinks you're fucking starving. And, and that's what most people do to lose weight is just this, gigantic calorie restriction and, and gut it out as long as they can but man when they fall off they fucking fall off and it's no oh, big deal to be like okay it's just 10 pounds just 10 pounds it's just 10 pounds and then all of a sudden 
fuck. Like you're, oh, you're and back that's... on that momentum, and and the momentum is the big part of it, right? Like it's it's building that momentum, that feeling of okay, we're we're you know, it's not losing three hundred pounds; it's losing ten. Right, completely. And, and that's for me, like, at it. and and that's and and that's why it kills me when you've got like a lot of like diet gurus out there that are like that love to say you didn't gain the weight overnight, so you're not going to lose it overnight. And I, I'm like, well, hold up. You know, that I, I literally have gained it overnight. Like there's, you know, like yeah. you, I look at that, I look at that time period and like I, I gained, when I went off the rails in 2013, I gained 30 pounds the first weekend. And within 30 days, I was up a hundred pounds. So psychologically. Wow. In a month. In a month. In a month. Like so I could I mean, literally. Essentially three, three pounds and change a day. Pretty, I could feel myself getting bigger every day. Wow, and like, it, and it becomes this almost insanity because, like you're saying, like it's, yeah. it's a runaway, it's a runaway train. And when you're up a hundred pounds in a month, and I thought I was going back into it, like I was going to moderate. Like I, I honestly, I, I was like, I'll maybe I'll get back to like two seventy five, and that'll be a comfortable weight for me, and that I'll be able to live my quote unquote live my life and eat the food I want to eat. And I blew past that so fast that I was like, I don't know, I can I, I don't think I can stop this. And it just kind no, of—it's trouble, you know, right? Because if you're eating oh. the foods that got you to five five hundred forty pounds again, and in the quantity you're eating again, that's oh, yeah. where it's going to go. That's uh, oh, completely. And and I I work with a coach now uh, in terms of like my macros and things along those lines because and calories because I needed help to be able to get that under control. Uh, the further I got sure. in my progress, and you know, he one day said, you know, I would love for you to to take one of those. When you were going through that period of putting that weight back on, do you remember what you ate? And I'm like, I remember pretty clearly what I ate. He's like, take one of those days and put it into your, you know, into your tracking app and just tell me. I want to know what you were eating. And I hit, mm. I hit 25,000 calories and wasn't done. And I Oof. messaged him and I'm like, I'm like, we're at 25. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, no, I'm at 25 and I'm not done yet. And he's like, okay. Okay. Wow, man. And and, that's, and that's why, honest, it's insane, man. And that's why I and I, I think I say this too much here, but I I don't know how I survived that. Like I don't know how I survived living over five hundred pounds for so many years. I don't know how I survived mm -hmm. that. I I I though I did find out at, when I was hospitalized um, two years ago or a year and a half ago for pneumonia that at some point I had a heart attack and didn't know about it. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, and That's it's so no it, scary. That you know, I at that point I was already down a hundred pounds from my from my new high. You know, in terms of like this journey for me, and the doctors basically were like, "Well, that one thing saved your life. There's no way you would have survived this without that." But the doctors like you at some point had a heart attack in your past, and he said, "Did you ever have a night where you went to bed uncomfortable?" And I'm like, "Dude, that was every freaking <laughs> night of my life. Like when." You yeah. know, pick pick a night the past thirty years that that describes every night of my life. Like, yeah, I, w I went to bed uncomfortable, but that's the you know, like you're saying that way the delusion can be strong in so many different directions. Like, you know, okay, you know, yeah, you're 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 sweaty and having a having a rough night, but to me that was life at five hundred pounds. Like, sure, the, that was my normal. That's what I allowed to become my normal, and that's why now when I talk about it, I'm like. It's almost there's there's a there's a, a shame and then also like a 
because I have a pretty sick sense of humor sometimes. So like, I also sort of oh, like telling well, dude, you. Yeah, you have to. I mean, whether you do or oh, you're completely. not, like, you, life's still going to kick the shit out of you. So you may as well be oh, able completely. to roll with some of the punches. And and that's why I like, I sometimes really get into telling these stories to people because I know it's going to freak them out. But I also right. know it could, yeah. You know, like, I'm like, when you when you sit down and you tell someone about what you used to really eat and what, what your life was really... Or what it was like, you know, just to live a day in that body. Like, you can see the eyes kind of widening, and like, they yeah. can't imagine what. And and I and I also like to say to people, like, it's good that you can't imagine living like that because then that means you probably won't ever live like that. Like, be happy. Sure. <laughs> be happy. Like, I I'll get messages from dudes that are like, I relate with, to everything that you say, and I'm like, oh man, I feel really bad. Like. I don't, I don't want Man. you to relate to this. I don't want this to be something that you understand. Right. But yeah, that's... It is. that's it's it's wild, tough, man. man. Um, right. it, it, it's, it's super fucking tough. Uh, your food's one of those things. Like, like, I think addiction in so many different realms is one of those things that... None of it's easy to conquer, right? But... Mm -hmm. You still have to eat. It's not like it's one of those things that you can go cold turkey on the way that you could alcohol or anything else. Like, if you don't eat, you fucking, like, you die. Right. Oh, yeah. And, like, at some point, you're going to have to eat. <laughs> and it becomes really tricky. And there's there's a lot of information and a lot of fuckery out there in the diet world. And it's it's still, at the end of the day, it's still consistency. And it's still being in a caloric deficit. And and I you are one hundred percent accurate. I would love to kind of go back, you know, to, to to talk a little bit about because you you know for strongman you were three twenty and then you dropped a bit for you know when you were just throwing and, and then the yeah throwing so throwing I stayed around like two anywhere from two sixty five to two eighty five was kind of my my window. And and I discovered I actually discovered you back in like twenty sixteen I think one I, I related to you because I actually. Believe it or not, um, I was a thrower in high school. Um, oh, not, shit. Okay. Not, yeah, not by choice. Um, I had a lot of friends that were runners, and a new coach came in and realized that they were literally, they had no one to throw. So he went to the runners and said, I need all of your big friends. Like, just get me all of your big <laughs> friends down. So he got us in the weight room, and he's like, okay, you all are on the track team now. And we're like, wait, Perfect. what is that? What, what, is, what does that Why? mean? I think I... I was, I think I was like 300 pounds at that point still, probably even a little more. Um, and the, the great thing about this coach was he, he was no nonsense dude. Like he had us lifting right away, was getting us into it. And I was never great, but he also, cause I'll, I'll never forget this. Um, he also decided he's like, if he goes, you're on the track team, you, yes, you're the throwers, but you need, you guys need to run every day. So he had us run two miles sure. every day. And the, the, the captain of, of, the, of the throwers, J my friend Jason, he, he was actually really, really good. Like, he was good. But so he was also kind of bristling a little bit about this coach that now wanted him to start running because he was a big dude. And so he found a right. way to shortcut. He found a way to shortcut the run by a mile where we could cut oh, across. No. So we were doing that. And, and we did that for like a solid month. And what we would do is we would stop and sit. And just like, you know, jaw for a little bit. And he's like, okay, you know, that's enough time. We need to keep going. And then we get there one day and the coach steps out of his car. And oh, he's like, no. you, don't, you, you don't think I don't know what you fat fucks are doing? 
And we're like, right. oh God. He's like, so you're gonna you're gonna start over and you're gonna run it again. And we're like, oh God, he caught us. You know, because I mean, we were kids. We thought we were getting away with everything. Yeah, of course. I would have. I would have. Yeah, you're. You're much. You think you're much smarter than the reality of it. All he needed to do was go <laughs> drive half. You're not that tricky. To, he went to the halfway point of the route and was like, "Okay, two days in a row, they're not showing up, but they're coming back, covered in sweat, acting like they ran two miles. What's going on?" Um, right. The funny thing is, the last time I saw him was probably like 2007, 2008, and I actually ran into him in a store. Um, and so I was at my heaviest then. Uh, and it was one of those moments where like someone who saw you because I lost a ton of weight on the track team and like I, I you know, was getting in better, like the best shape I was in in high school. And then to run into him at a point in my life where I could barely stand was like this incredible ego blow. Like it was it was pretty intense. Like he obviously had no idea who I was at first until I introduced myself. Um, but. I, I, I'm not going. Well, I mean, down so by. like, I'm not, so, I'm not trying so, to go down so like with, this. That, yeah. No, sure, but like, at, at what point with with weight gain like that, right? Like, yeah. at, at what point do you admit to yourself that like I feel this bad every day, and it's a mm -hmm. choice? Yeah. Like that, I'm 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 currently choosing to feel this shit. I'm choosing to be in a body that I can't stand in. I'm choosing to be I'm crippled. Right. And and I, you're right because I I think you get very good at blaming other people and other circumstances. For well, me, course, that right? th that moment was for me was December of 2007. Um, okay. On cr Christmas Day of December of 2007, um, my dad was coming to pick me up because I had a ton of stuff that wouldn't fit in my car for Christmas uh, to bring to his house. So he was like, "I'll just come pick you up." So he comes to pick me up and I'm put, loading stuff into his car. And now at this point, I'm over 500 pounds. So even just walking out to his car was a challenge. So I'm like tunnel vision focused on where I'm going. And I get in the car and I kind of like collapse into the car like always. And he says, where's your car? And I'm like, my car's right. Okay, my car's not in my parking spot. What happened? And then it turns out my car was stolen on Christmas Eve at Fuck. some point late at night. Um, I had a couple, I literally, because we had a recycling center on campus that was too far for me to walk to because pretty much everything was too far for me to walk to at that point. Um, I had left some empty Amazon boxes in my car and my car got stolen because they thought it was like Christmas Eve, Amazon boxes, there must be good shit. Sure. And basically we found out eventually they abandoned the car like two blocks from campus, destroyed the car inside because they got mad because there was nothing in the car to steal. And they had yep. stolen a ship. They had stolen a shipbox car, and but that was the first time in my life. Like I went home. Like I started to have panic attacks because I drove that car everywhere. Like my yeah. my work, my office. I lived and worked on a college campus. I was a dorm director. I my office was across the street from the building I lived in. I drove okay. across the like street. Like what what type of distance are we talking about? Like a hundred yards, uh, if that. Yeah, if that. Mm. Um, and I would drive it. So I literally had to sit in my apartment at, on the, on the winter break before, like I had a couple days before I had to go to the office and I'm like, you have to be able to walk to the office. Like you have to do this. And that was really when it started to get into my head that like, what are you, what have you done to yourself? And now I'm not saying like everything changed immediately because I'm so deep in that food addiction at that point that 
just yeah, stopping right. was was not something that was going to happen. But I did have to start changing what I was doing because and so I figured out because I, there's no way on earth I could walk that distance without having to rest. So I would mm -hmm. walk I if I walked through the building that I lived in all the way to one of the fire exits that I had a key for, I could rest on the stairs there and that would get me like a third of the way. Then I could walk to a bench outside of the office and then I could go into the office. And I practiced that at night when there was no one around, you know, the campus was pretty empty, but I wanted to make sure that I could do it. And it was almost killing me to, to practice it. But I was like, you have to, like, you don't have a choice. Like you can't, as much as we would love it, you don't get to call in fat to work. Like, you know, you can't just, <laughs> right. that's not how it works. I can't call like, Hey, I woke up fat today. I'm not coming in. Oh, okay. Oh, great. Right. I, I, I get five fat days a year with my health insurance. That's great. <laughs> um, but you, I had to start like making those little adaptations. So I, I like to say like, that was one of the things that's, and I had a lot of other circumstances happen. Like I ended up leaving that job, moving cross country, having a job that I was told I could have, you know, like that I thought would be there and not really work out and life not work out all that crap. Um, but that was kind of what sparked that first round of weight loss for me because I had to, like, it wasn't like I chose to, I had to, like, I had to start moving more and I had less money for food. So that kind of also proved to me like that idea that there's, there's no magic to losing weight when you can't afford to put food in your body, the weight goes away. You know, if, if, you, if that volume of food you're spending money on goes down, your weight starts to change. Like, so yeah, right. it's, it, it's, it, I mean, like it, I'm, I'm, I'm feel like we're, you know, I'm, I'm sidetracking where, you know, you a little bit, but it's coming to that realization was a big deal for me. So I, I do like to say to people now, they're like, what, what moment do you think saved your life in the end? And I'm like having my car stolen. Like it wasn't, Crazy, it wasn't right? something I, I didn't have this come to Jesus moment where I said to myself, you know, Lord, you need to save me. You know, like I'm ready to get out of this body. Other people affected my life in ways that I said, fine, I'll change. You know, I didn't want to, but I had to. And that was that, that's right. that stubborn, that's that stubborn, stubborn part of me that doesn't ever want to, you know, until I'm ready to move, I'm not moving, you know, whether I was the literal. Well, but that's, object, yeah, I but, think that's, I think that's most of us, right. That we, we, we do want to, um, there's so many things in this life that I think that we make compromise on. Mm -hmm. or or that we end up having to do out of obligation and there's other stuff that we get to really hold close and feel that like i'm in fucking control of this and mm -hmm. even if that's just self-destruction oh yeah i mean lord knows I've, I've got plenty of my own self-destructive tendencies and they rare up every once in a while they're just not food related i'll you know i, I kick the shit out of myself in, in different ways mm -hmm. um but i mean hell even even food's part of it. I mean, cause there's definitely sometimes I, I get a big case of the fuckets and. Oh yeah. Well, but, well that was, you know, that, 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 that is one of yeah, the things I wanted. I know I, I did want to talk about with you a little bit because I, I think, I think you have a really, you, you have a, a, an approach to eating um, and just kind of like to, to food issues and weight in general that is, will be relatable to people listening that say, you know, they're never going to be a, a strength athlete, but you know, they're, they're struggling, you know, to kind of even wrap their heads around things because, you know, like I said, now, like I work with a coach for my, for my ketogenic diet 
and and we tune we fine tune the macro numbers and it's very intricate and some people look at that and get really overwhelmed but i i, I think you know i, I like I said, I discovered you in 2016 when you were first kind of getting into keto yourself, and then you know you've done carnivore and you've done you've you've kind of evolved your 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 philosophy towards food. So I, I wanted to sure. see if you could, you could talk about that a little bit, just kind of like what your approach is and you know what you what you think was helpful to you on, on in the journey that you made. Yeah, for right me, now, right it's, now it's finding like, something that I can stick to. Right. And um. I mean, at the end of the day, like I, I'm very aware at this point, whether it's been uh, keto or strict carnivore or vertical diet, um, that if I want the scale to move, like I have to track. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, otherwise I'll, I'll sit still. Like I'll have some days that are in the deficit and I'll have some days that are clearly in a surplus. Um, but if I really want the scale to move, I have to track and I have to be cognizant of it. Even at, even at this point, you know, three, three years into having a pretty good understanding of what my caloric intake is every day. Mm. Um, and so I, I just know that I can always go back to that. And even if right. I track for three or four days to, to have an idea of, okay, this is what I eat. What I'll quickly do when that happens is like, that's what I'll eat. Like I will eat the same fucking thing every meal and it's it's making the switch in my head of not every meal is some goddamn life experience right um yes know, not every not every meal needs to be this celebration and it's really tricky for me with my lifestyle because i travel a ton mm -hmm. um i mean i fly 40 times a year i'm typically only really home for like you know 10 to 15 days a month and so a lot of my meals are on the road or are eating out or any of these other type of things. And man, it can be done. You just have to hold yourself accountable to it, that this is the standard. And the way I tried to explain it to people is like, as much as I travel and it's this really great stuff and it's these unique life experiences that come with it. Like I can't, I mean, we ate some delicious stuff when I was down in Miami this past week, mm -hmm. but I mean, I can't really put my finger on any of those meals other than the one where I went full fucking retard and just ate everything I wanted for a night. Um, but even that, it's more like, holy shit, I can't believe I ate that. It's not like I can tell you that the taste of this was so spectacular. It wasn't that the food itself was a life-changing experience. And so once I'd kind of made that realization that it's like most meals are just fuel and the experience is the people that you're sharing it with and the place that you're in and stuff like that. And mm. so now when something that's really amazing does pop up, you know, I've got enough of a deficit in my bank account that I can make that decision educated to, to say, okay, cool. We're good this meal because I haven't fucked up in the last nine days. Um, you know, keto gets a little weird and, and I'm very careful with that one because, you know, a lot of people have asked, you know, how ketogenic worked for me and it worked, worked fine. But right. at some point, I quit tracking whether or not I was in ketosis. Mm -hmm. And so I stopped explaining to people. I stopped using the term keto because I felt like if I'm not chasing ketosis, then it's just a high fat, moderate protein diet. Right. And if I'm not actually in ketosis, then, then it's not accomplishing what it is, what I'm saying it is. And I mean, there's stuff I consume that I know is anti-keto, like, I mean, monster energy or any of this other type of stuff that I have, um, even though it's zero calories, uh, some of the stuff in it can, can bump you out of ketosis. Uh, 
However, it didn't hurt me as far as weight loss goes mm-hmm. because I was still in a caloric deficit. Um, and so as, as dietary shifts have happened, um, I switched, I did keto first and then I made the switch to carnivore just to see, honestly, like I, I did all the dietary stuff to try to do pain management. It, it mm-hmm. really wasn't necessarily for health, uh, as far as getting out of, um, or being less fat, being less gross was a nice side effect, but I really needed to figure out an alternative to inflammation and pain that I was having in my knee at that time. Um, I guess for your audience that doesn't know, I've got a, I've got a shitty knee that I beat the hell out of. Um, mm-hmm. So over the course of my career of throwing, uh, I've had nine knee surgeries now on my right knee. And um wasn't a major catastrophic injury. I really went in to fix a thing. And then none of the surgeries took very well. Uh, I had four ACLs in an 18-month period that none of them uh, stayed. My body just kind of consumed them. So I don't think my body does well with cadaver tissue. And you just, you know, you, you don't know. And so, you know, hindsight of it is, is, you know, I probably should have, if I would have just retired in 2016 and never had knee surgery, that would have probably been the best route that I could have gone, even mm-hmm. better than where I'm currently sitting. However, I mean, that's hindsight. Also, if right. the surgery would have worked the way I wanted it to, I'd probably be back throwing right now, mm. which was kind of the original game plan was I'd take this year off, get in shape, you know, drop some weight, feel good again. And they get back to competing for the 2018 season. Um, but it never took place. So mm. through through my weight loss journey, I also came to the conclusion of like, oh, you're never going to compete again because of chronic pain in my leg. Um, so I started doing dietary stuff to see what I could fix there. Keto helped a lot with inflammation and helped with my joint pain. And I could really tell on days I was strict and days I wasn't. And then carnivore just became a much easier approach of like, fuck it, I'll just eat meat. Plus, I'm, I'm lucky enough that I work with a company like Stay Classy Meats and I get right. meat delivered to me. And so if if anyone has the, the ability to be strict and tested out to see if this is a viable source of pain relief for anyone, me not doing it is a dick move. Mm. Like, I almost hold myself accountable to that. Like, like I don't, I don't fucking have a real job, dude. Like, I, you know, I work from the home and I, and I travel as much as I want to, and I can go to the gym whenever I want to. And I've got a gym membership and I've got equipment and I've got, I don't have anything that you could possibly want at your disposal. Like I have mm-hmm. it all. And so for me to not have my shit together is almost a disservice. Like it's almost mm-hmm. a fuck you to people that wish they had that advantage. And so I, I look at that too. And so carnivore worked, worked well for me. Um, I did it for about eight months and kind of got to a stalemate. And, you know, I think I could probably have kept getting a little bit leaner um, or, or dropping weight, I would say. Sure. I think I could uh, drop some more weight sticking with carnivore had I had restricted calories some more. But I think as far as I've gotten leaner now at the body weight I like being at, I like being around just, just sub 240, 230 felt a little strange for me. Um, just, I, I didn't feel strong and mm. that one I'm not willing to give up yet. Right. Um, so I started trying to play with, you know, talking to people at my disposal, like Stan and Mark and, and other stuff about adding some carbohydrates back in to manipulate, to, to manipulate insulin sensitivity pre and mm. post workout to try to drop body fat. You know, and I mean, not to mention that, like, I mean, I'm also taking testosterone and, and I'm taking uh, performance enhancing drugs. Right. I mean, I don't compete in a sport to drug test, so 
why the hell wouldn't I? Right, right. Um, also, I'm a 36-year-old male who has had trauma and has low testosterone. So not taking those things is, again, it, it would be choosing to feel like shit when right. I have the option to not. And you have that option. And I think I, I always appreciate the fact that, you know, how, you know, that you talk about that and you don't, you know, well, why the try fuck to say wouldn't you? Like, exactly. I, and look, I don't like, get it. I don't compete in a sport that's drug tested. I'm not doing anything that's, that's cheating. Right. Like, there's not a morality of life. Like, mm-hmm. if that's, if that's your own hang up, that's your fucking hang up, man. I don't give a shit. Right. You know, nor do I, nor do I give any shit about people who compete in sports that are drug tested and decide to use. Like, until you fail a drug test, it ain't none of my fucking business. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, also at the same time, like, I don't like anyone telling adults what they can or can't do with their body. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's your call. Exactly. And so as I made the switch to, uh, the vertical diet, I, I've been happy with the results there, but I'm also very aware there that it can get out of hand. Like I can quickly put weight on mm-hmm. eating that way. Um, and so I've boiled it down and boiled it down and like kind of the approach, like, you know, my mom's tried to make some moves as far as dropping weight and other people I know and make recommendations to. And really where I, I've started just leaning is like, man, just eat single ingredient items. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I mean, say, you know, you can say what you want, but I mean, at 540 pounds or guys that you see get up to 600 pounds that have, you know, my, my 600 pound life or shows like this is, I mean, you find me an episode where they cut somebody out of a house that is surrounded by banana peels and apple cores. Exactly. Exactly. Like, like fucking fruit's not your problem, man. Completely. You know, nor, nor was it mine, but the hardcore keto people get crazy about it. The idea that, you know, it's got sugar in it and blah, 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 blah. And like, fuck, man, I, I know you're right. But at the same time, like, like that ain't the least healthy thing you did today was have that banana. And that's like when I, when I talk to someone who's 500 pounds, like I get a lot of people now who were 500 pounds who have never dieted before, which blows my mind. Um, but when they say like, you know, I, I want to do keto, but I see I can't, you know, I like having an orange or I like having, and I'm like, have the it's, orange. You know, but how much like, of that, how much of that is looking for a way out? Right. Like, you know, you've got, and, and I know for me, like if I sit down to a bowl of fruit salad that I'm going to deal with some raging sugar, sugar cravings and like what that's going to do for me. So I, you know, I know ideally about tweaking and all of that, but when someone's starting at this weight and having that piece of fruit after they eat their, their steak and broccoli gives them some satiation and some sense of they're eating something more well-rounded or they're, that's what they're able to handle. Eat, eat the piece of, like you're saying, like, I, you know, I, I chuckle every time you, you say on your, you know, you said on your podcast, um, which, you know, I, I don't want to plug it, but it's the Umso podcast and y'all need to be listening if you're not. But, you, you know, they don't, they don't, of course, man, um, they, they don't cut someone out of their house surrounded by orange peels, you know, like there, there, there isn't no. someone there, there isn't. And I mean, and yes, if I don't know if you've seen like there's a there's a British documentary called like I eat 30,000 calories a day and there was a dude eating 40 oranges a day on there and his well, doctor was Jesus like christ i mean but, but the doctor's people... like you know <laughs> but who's eating 40 oranges a day like no one no one no, normal and, person and is doing that's that part like, of it too right like i mean don't try to prove something by using the exception there's exactly, one guy eating 40 exactly. oranges a day like this isn't uh, you know that's like and it's that's using crazy stuff it's like oh 
Well, but and Hapthor it, does this. Like, dude, he gets to play with a different set of tools than you do. Like, he's such an outlier. Like, don't don't look to him for advice on a lot of stuff. Like, it's the same way I felt about you know talented guys like Usain Bolt, like like a yep. you know world world champion runner. Like, he's not someone I would be interested in having as a coach. Mm-hmm. Because he's so physically gifted from jump, right? That I would I would rather have someone that made it like had to fight and claw their way to their fourth Olympics mm-hmm. than than the guy who's like, well, you just move your fucking legs faster and shatter world records. You're right. Like you you can't put that content. You can't put apply someone else's context to your experience and expect the same results and expect to be able to do this. Like when I. You know, you, you watch guys like power, you know, a lot of the, the, the strength athletes, powerlifting guys on their YouTube channels doing, you know, eating like 10,000 challenges. Or I talk to people who want, you know, you know, Brian Shaw is 450 pounds and this is what he eats. And um, Brian Shaw's 450 pounds is very different than your 450 pounds. Like, right. Uh, like right. You're, He's also, you know, it's really quick. Look, it's one of those like question, like steps of questions you should ask yourself is like, are you 450 pounds? Yes. The next question is, are you currently competing at World's Strongest Man? And if right. that answer is no, let's do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and if that's your goal, if you're 450 and you want to get to World's Strongest Man, you know, figure out the path you need to do to get there. But most of the 450 pound dudes that I talk to haven't even been in a gym yet. Never mind, you know, out, out, <laughs> right. out, out, on, a, right. out on a field. So, yeah, you, you started and, to talk. You, yeah, you, it, no, go ahead. Go ahead, man. No, I was going to say, like, because you you hit on something for me, like what, like preparing to talk to you today, like one of the things that really I jumped out to me was having watched, like, I remember watching your YouTube channel, you know, two years ago, when you were dealing coming out of your surgeries and the first surgery and talking about wanting to get back on, you know, into competing and the plan there. And then obviously, the plan went went in different, a different direction than you intended. You faced a lot of challenges when it comes to your knee in terms of what your, your expectations were and what the reality turned out to be. But one of the things that I've just really seen and admired in you over the past couple of years is like you, you stay in the fight no matter what and, and find new ways to shift your goals and look towards new experiences and, and things that you can do. Like, I think that's incredibly relatable to someone who was like me, who was 540 pounds, lost weight, regained weight, lost weight, regained weight. Um, and, and kept looking for the tools you need to be able to, to be successful. Like, how do you keep, how do you keep your mindset right going through all of that? Like getting, being dealt those blows and realizing that you have to kind of redefine the game for yourself so often, like what, what do you think it is that allows you to be able to do that? I think it's not, it's not giving up, but there's, like people, people want to look at things different ways. And so, I mean, at some point, if you know that this is reality, mm-hmm. deciding to pretend it isn't is fucking crazy. Mm. And so like me still trying to stick on a path right now of like, I'm going to keep throwing, I'm just going to get back or even being bugged out that like, I can't throw like yep. over the last three years like that ain't reality. And like, like stop talking to me about throwing, I, I can't walk up and down stairs. Like there's, there's bigger things for me to do here. Um, you know, I've, I've never personally been someone up until three years ago that like my fucking body betrayed me. 
And mm-hmm. that's how I felt about it. Now, meanwhile, I mean, look, I'm the one who did this to it. You know, I mean, none of this accidentally happened. And while I can say that there were surgeries and things like that, that didn't go well, the initial, the initial damage to that knee is definitely my fault of overuse and wearing it out and doing all this type of stuff. And I'm aware of that. And at the same time, like I'm very okay with the idea of what I've accomplished with my career. And I wouldn't change I wouldn't trade a good knee and give you that life experience back. Mm. And, and so either I can stay in a position and continue to be a guy yelling from on top of a hill about something I did three years ago that I can't do anymore and how it's really valuable that I'm this Highland game guy, or I can move the fuck on with my life. And that's a chapter in it. Um, because TikTok anyway, like no matter what decision I make, the clock's still running and better fucking figure it out. Cause it's <laughs> clocks running, dude. Like you don't get mm-hmm. to just be mad about it. And, and time to me is something that I'm, I'm very cognizant of. Um, and how I spend my day and how I spend my time. And, and I'm not a prisoner by that. And so I don't want to get caught chasing what I did before when the opportunities of tomorrow are so, so good. Mm. And, you know, had, had I had the injury not happened and I was still competing the way that I was, um, you know, my, my company wouldn't be doing as well. Um, right. others, I wouldn't be in as good a shape. I wouldn't be able to have access to in some of the relationships that I've built because I'd be more focused on training and more dialed into stuff like that. And so there's, there's some silver lining to a lot of stuff. And it's a matter of how you want to take the perspective of it. It's, it sounds that's, like that. I guess that's really where it fell for me, you know? You're right. It's it's about finding that perspective and about being able to reframe the events that are happening. Because I I think like you're, it's easy to get caught into like a poor poor me syndrome or why does this keep happening to me or you know like instead of thinking about what are you doing to make things happen. Um, and, and that right. for me and was a big like, that. You know, I think a lot of people you know can. You know, I, I'm not a guy who has a. I'm not a religious guy, so I don't have any any dogs in that fight. Um, sure. I simply look at the universe as as kind of a bigger thing, the universe and time. And so I I have today, and I know that mm-hmm. I've got today, and that's it. And at some point, like I'm trying to live today and make the most of my time in a carpe diem sense of the word, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like. It's it's not all ant and it's not all grasshopper. And so I'm trying to also be smart about providing myself with the most opportunity in the days coming. You know, and I also work in an industry that, I mean, shit, man, my weight's important. Mm-hmm. And is whether I can be, I can either be mad about that or not about the idea that like, the fitness industry that I conduct business in and all that, that it's vain or that business is better if I've, if I'm less fat or less gross or any of these type of things, but that me being pissy about it doesn't change the industry. 
And I do believe health matters. And I know plenty of people that are in great physical shape and look healthy that aren't healthy. Mm. And so I'm trying to make that definition to myself. And, you know, abs sure as shit don't don't depict, uh, you know, health. I know plenty of people that are in that in that mode that, you know, that aren't healthy. They're Mm -hmm. they're starving and they're eating still eating shit food. And, you know, the big picture stuff for me that I've kind of switched to is looking at looking at my parents' generation and looking at the generation before that. Whereas, you know, our grandparents who typically lived into their 80s and 90s, despite smoking and drinking their entire lives, Mm -hmm. typically died of old age where our parents' generation is fucking dying of cancer. Mm. And I think I think the biggest influence on that is the change of food is that our grandparents weren't eating processed bullshit and they weren't eating stuff that was was set up like that, just full of trash. And that's what I've tried to boil down to be really big, important moves is is eating real quality food Mm. and, and maintaining that and then maintaining how to go forward with it. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I know you, like you, you mentioned earlier, you work with uh, stay classy meats and, you know, tr- in terms of like thinking about the preparation of food and the, how the animals are raised and kind of what goes into what we get. Like I I'm big on buying the best quality that I can. Um, Cause I, I, I think sometimes those dialing in that stuff can be something to, even if at the end of the day, the, the omega three, omega six ratios are, close and who you know i don't know all that science and things along those lines i mean i, I sure, just find for me we're it talking such mind. minimal details for exactly most people, yeah but I, I i find for me though the the tool is to think about quality the quality you know and kind of start thinking about like like you're saying like is it is is it an ingredient i can identify or is it because even now like if you look into i mean i'm sure you see like in the fit in the general fitness arena but specifically in the keto arena there are these hyper palatable foods that are engineered to be just as addictive as the sugary stuff that McDonald's is putting out because it, you know, it is a, it's a sales game. Um, and I, and I think people get wrapped up in that. And, and when you boil it back down to the basics is when you, you start to kind of see things come a little more under control for you. Um, I, well, I, I, try to, you... I try to find what are like simple universal truths, right? Like mm-hmm. when it comes down to diet, it's, it's calories in versus calories out. Right. That's simple universal truth. I don't give a shit what diet you're following. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I just wish the industry would stop with the bullshit of detoxes and oh, any yeah. of these other things that aren't aren't fucking real. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's not how your gut health reads. Like, take some time and read something like the Plant Paradox. Take some time and read, you know, gut health stuff and how important sleep is and these other things that you can really affect you know, for, for minimal change instead of this idea of like, well, I did this fucking water and lemon and cayenne pepper and lost 30 pounds this month. I was like, no shit, you're starved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, that's, that's not, that's not sustainable. And what is sustainable is single ingredient foods. Oh yeah. Uh, you're right. Like, and that's, and boiling that down, like, I do want to switch gears. Like I've, I've been keeping you talking for a while. So there is something I want to talk about um, that you brought up your brand, uh, which is, you know, hate brand mm-hmm. goods. Um, and I discovered hate brand goods around the same time that I found you. Um, I was 
much larger then, obviously. Um, I was wearing a six or seven X, um, and I, I ordered my first hate brand shirt, three uh, X, because I wanted new. I wanted to get into it someday. Uh, because I read, you know, I was watching, I think, one of the YouTube videos where you talked about what hate means. And then on the hate site, you know, I, I don't want to be cheesy and quote, but, you know, you talk about hate is, you know, define it as the spirit of self-improvement through self-loathing. And I know a lot, you know, when I share your stuff and when I talk about, you know, hate brand, I get some people that clearly have no idea what what I'm talking about or, you know, kind of get it from the, <laughs> from the get-go. And there's also sometimes they, I get DMs where people think I misspelled something and that it's awkward. Of course, um, right. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no one's ever made that joke before. Thanks. Um, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. Can you, can you, can you for, for the, the people out there listening, because I, I honestly, I, I think this is a concept that is, is something that is really something people can, if they get themselves into the right mindset, can, can draw some strength from. Can you talk a little bit about you know, the hate for me and, and give us, give the viewers like yeah. your, your, your overview of, of what it is. You know, for me, it, it's, it's whatever it is inside that holds you accountable to you. Like, I think you can fucking find your YouTube videos or you can find a podcast or you can find this, you know, even it's something motivational meme, right. That is that little thing. But at the end of the day, like if you have to keep outsourcing your motivation to get your shit together, like that's not sustainable. And to me, it was about, I hold myself accountable because this is important to me. And I don't give a fuck if anybody else agrees. I'm doing this. I don't right. need you to be on board. I don't need you to understand. I don't need you to join in. I don't need you to agree with me. All those things are indifferent to whether or not I, I can accomplish the goals I want to accomplish. And so it was holding myself accountable all the time to, to my training. Like, you know, people talk about getting personal trainers and having a good training group and having a good gym. Like, dude, I did, I did nine years of the Highland Games competition training by myself in a garage and by myself in a field, teaching myself the throws and then working on the throws by myself. And I, I did it all by myself. And I never even realized that that was a thing. I did it by myself because I didn't want the inconvenience of a training partner that, mm -hmm. that I have to apply to their schedule. I knew, but you know, I knew my own shortcomings and then if I've got excuses or I've got a loophole to get out, like I'll get out. And so there would be days that it's like, oh man, the idea of driving to go train was crazy. And so having a garage gym changed that for me. I had less of an excuse that way. Mm. Oh shit. I got an hour. Cool. I can go in there and get the job done or, you know, even 30 minutes or, you know, when, when I was throwing the most, when I was still living in my, uh, my first house, like I lived less than a mile, you know, a quarter mile from where I, where I trained and threw outside in this park. And so like, I didn't have an excuse to not go do the thing. And then if I don't have the excuse, if I suck at this, it's my fault. Mm. And that's one of those things that I'm not willing to deal with. Like I'm not willing to I can't deal with that. And so that's one of those things that keeps driving. And it's about having that own personal, you know, hate for myself to do the work, like not being such a good friend of myself to be like, you know what? You deserve the fucking day off today, bud. have a seat on the couch. Like you don't deserve shit. Mm -hmm. And 
on game day, like and when when competition comes or it's a world championship and it's that last throw and it matters, which both of my world championships came down to single throws that I can recount, that that was the make or break moment. And if you're not ready for that make or break moment, that's your fault. Mm. And that was one of those things that that since I wasn't the biggest guy, I wasn't competing uh, any of these type of things. I'd be damned that I was going to let you outwork me. Because that's something I could control. I always made sure I stayed in line with control what you can control. And the stuff that you can't, then who gives a shit? Like that That's mm-hmm. not worth being stressed out about. I can't control it. I can't make myself taller. I can't make myself a better athlete. I can't take 10 years and go back in my life to start earlier or start doing mobility earlier or giving a shit about diet. Like I can't, Mm -hmm. I'm not playing that what if game. And through that, like I damn sure know that with how I competed or how I trained and how I performed in strength sports that like I reached the max potential that I was capable of reaching at that time in my life. I don't have Mm -hmm. any doubt about it. There isn't something I could have done different or better to have thrown further or be stronger be healthier like i fucking poured it all into it and if that's not good enough at the end of the day to be world champion or any of that like fine but i don't have maybes and i don't have a what if like i held myself accountable because this mattered to me like this Mm -hmm. isn't a sport anyone gives a shit about and so i it's it's about doing it for you and not doing it because of strangers liking your fucking photos on a free app like, if you're not going to do it without those things, like, you're not going to do it. Mm. And be willing to hold yourself to that level of, if you're going to beat me, you got your work cut out. And I think you can apply that to business. You can apply that to nutrition and life. And you know, the one the one that I remember looking at and, and taking motivation from was, you know, an episode of Biggest Loser. I remember catching an episode of that and seeing this guy, you know, had lost 400 pounds or whatever it was at the, by the end of the show. And I was like, you're telling me this fucking guy who, who has the willpower that let himself get up to this astronomical body weight, mm-hmm. that he's got more willpower than you to keep at this and lose it. Hmm. Like how you can't, you can't drop 50 fucking pounds because whatever your excuse is. Meanwhile, this guy who, who clearly has got, you know, some weakness in him that allowed him to get to that point. Like you're, you're getting beat by him. And I just at some point said, Nope, no, I won't. Mm. That, (laughs) that makes a lot of, there's, there's so much sense there. Uh, And you're right. Like that idea that you let yourself, be defined, you know, like, or or not letting yourself get beat. Like it resonates for me when you talk about, you know, if that free app goes away, are you still doing what you need to be doing? Like, are you right? What is it? What are you doing it for? Like, what is that purpose? Where is that? You know, what is that fire? And it's not, I I think you, you, you defined it really well. I really appreciate that because I think too many people will say, you know, is so that, that that's about hating yourself. Like it's about really hating yourself and i'm like you don't you don't understand yeah, yeah kind of i mean and that's what it is but it's about like because i say this a lot like in order for me to lose 300 pounds twice 
I had to love myself enough to do it, but I also had to it's really exactly not, right. I, I, I had to not like myself. Like I had to not like what I was doing. I had to hate those things that I was doing enough that I would change them. Because if exactly. not, and it's, if, if look, not, it I would keep coddling. Right? I keep, I keep coddling myself. Yeah. And it, it's self-love in the way that I'm going to put this thing as such a priority in my life. Mm hmm. That the other shit's gonna hold. Right. And I don't I don't need you to understand it. I don't need you to to get it. I don't need you to think it's smart. Like I don't I don't give a shit what mm -hmm. you think. It's not your journey. And so it, it's that I'm gonna hold myself accountable. I don't I don't need you to. Right. In fact, I don't I don't care if you notice what I'm doing. I'm doing this for me. Mm-hmm. That makes that that makes complete sense. It's about taking self love to what it really is, and and not allowing it to be delusion and coddling. And you know, when you said you know I I get to eat this because I deserve it, like that honestly for me is one of my biggest pet peeves in the world with with people who are out there um, when they talk about you know their cheat meals or whatever they're doing, which I think anyone can do whatever they want to do. Like if you have an off the, the rails day, that's great. Do it. Do what you need to do. But don't yeah, come back and life out, though. don't don't come back and start posting that I I did this because I deserved it because I needed to live my nope. life. I deserve to live. No, I'm you, like, don't you, were, you, shit. you don't you don't deserve it. You were living your life every day anyway. And, and if you're if the diet right. you're following or the way you're eating is making you feel like you're not living your life, find a new way to eat. Like you're doing something right. wrong. And also, you're doing like something that wrong. was the first thing people asked me when I started dropping weight and dieting and doing keto or doing any of this. It was. So what about cheat days? Mm -hmm. And my response was like, I had 34 fucking years of cheat days. Exactly. Man. Exactly. Like, uh, like having cheat days is what got me here. Mm -hmm. Like, let's, let's, re let's reset this fucking system before that's, it's time to celebrate again. That's exactly, I mean, like, it's, you literally, those are the words that, that I say to pretty much, you know, a couple times a day to people, like, how do, will you ever have another cheat day? And I, I'm like, I have to live my life thinking that I won't right now because I lived 45 years of cheat days. I, I, right. I like, I, I've got, a, I've got a good friend, a good friend who will message me and say, "So you're telling me that you will never eat cake again?" And I'm saying, I'm not saying that if I'm like, I, I would love someday to go. I want to go to like one of my life goals is to go to Europe. To sure, to, but the to, way to, to, the way to answer that is like, I can tell you that today I won't. Exactly, exactly. Like, I'm not going to, I may find an experience in my life that seems worth it to eat that cake. But I have to live my life today knowing that I'm not going to eat cake. Because if not, it's going to take me in a bad direction. You know, I've, I've, right, eaten, yeah. en I, I've eaten enough cake for 10 fat men's lives. Like, don't, <laughs> right. don't worry. Don't like, don't you miss Taco Bell? Uh, I, I do miss Taco Bell. But when I went to Taco Bell, it was not about just getting a nice, getting a soft shell taco and driving away. It was about getting three bags of food and eating enough Taco Bell that I was making myself sick. Like, I don't yeah. miss that. I don't, I don't miss punishing myself with food anymore because I think I'm treating myself. I don't, I don't miss. Right. I was, I was killing myself with food and I don't, I don't miss that. So when people say, do you miss foods? Do you miss this? I I, I, I think sometimes I have a nostalgic feeling for what that life was like, but I think nostalgia is always through rose-colored glasses. 
but I, I don't miss. Yeah, of course. I I don't miss dying. Like I I don't no, I don't dude. I, I do not. I don't miss. You know, feeling. You know, knowing. You know, I was undiagnosed diabetic. You know, my doctors believe that a hundred percent. I had severe sleep apnea. Like I don't miss any of those things. I I like being able to sleep without worrying about if I'm going to wake up. You know, that's what I like. And and it really like. So do I? Do I miss the old days? I don't, because I can put it in context of where it was and the life I lived. But I I know that, like you're saying, time's going to keep passing. And if I can get some more time now because of what I'm doing, I'm, I'm happier with that. Right. Like, I, I think it just, you know, you got to do what you got to do. So, so Matt, I, I, we've been talking for a while. I don't want, I don't want to keep you all morning. I know, I'm sure you've got things to do, but is there anything that, that you wanted to, to share with, with the listeners of the fat guy forum that we didn't get to talk about? Uh, today, I just want to make sure that I'm not I'm not cutting you off from anything you wanted to. Yeah, to talk. Um, I mean, the big stuff is, is that before you get to make this change, like you've got to own that these were your decisions mm. and that and that that goes with anything that goes with. Man, I have those moments, right? Like like I'll put together a release or do something like that, even for hate brand business and uh, and say it just won't release well. Well, mm-hmm. it was something that I thought would be a good drop. It just didn't hit for whatever reason. It didn't hit the mark. And then I do something like, you know, our new new shorts, and that was a really, really big drop for us. Oh, yeah. And so the realization that comes with, oh, shit, we did one that was awesome, is realize the audience is there. And if this isn't happening, it's because you're making something they don't want. Mm. And you got to own that, too. As much as I own, I make something that was fucking rad that a bunch of people wanted. When stuff doesn't sell, it's my fault too. I own mm-hmm. both sides of it. It isn't the algorithm. It isn't something like that. There's, man, the universe does is completely fucking indifferent to your plight. It's decisions you make and it's consequences for those actions. There isn't right. There isn't wrong. It's just consequences for your actions that are either favorable or unfavorable. And you've got to make the decision how serious you take those convictions. Mm. And so own that shit. If you're fucking fat and you're fucking out of shape, you did that. You know, at the end of the day, you're still the one lifting that hand to put that food in your mouth. So own it. Cool, man. I'm fucking fat. Do we want to change it? And if the answer is yes, start now. Mm -hmm. Let's not do it Monday don't do that last fucking blowout meal to treat yourself because chances are if or when you stumble, that's a worse starting point. <laughs> like if I was going to have a road trip tomorrow and drive a, you know, a, a moped to California from St. Louis, I wouldn't say if the goal is getting to California, like I wouldn't drive to Ohio first. Mm. Like, why would you do that to yourself? Like, it's, and it's, you got to look at food differently. Like, there is amazing food out there, and it's lovely, and it's wonderful, and I fucking love food, and I love the ability that people have that they pour their heart and soul into it. But a lot of days and a lot of meals simply need to be fuel. Mm. And treat your body as the machine that you want it to be. 
Like you don't, you know, and people use that analogy, like don't fill your car up with mud and expect it to run well. Well, your, your body, your body is a really, really complex machine with a very simple set of instructions. Mm. It, it, it's fucking amazing. It's amazing that it can do both the things that, that my body's done and the things that your body's done. The fact that your body has lost 300 pounds is, is wild. Mm. Like, and that it can adapt and it can make those changes as long as you give it the ability. Like, we live in an amazing fucking time in human history, man, that, like, we get to pick the stress that we want to adapt to. No one ever has been able to do this in the history of human, humanity. Right. If you want to get stronger, you have to stress yourself out so your body adapts to building muscle. You want to lose weight, you have to live in a caloric deficit. But we live in a time with an abundance of food and free time and a sedentary lifestyle. So if you want to make those changes to get the most out of your life, it, and, and for me, it's being physical. Like I want to explore and do things and hike and be outside and experience the amazing stuff on this planet with incredible people. So I'm trying to give myself the most options to be able to do that. And I just don't know anyone who's, got, who, who's doing really well that I look up to that is still using an excuse of they got beat by a thing and whether mm -hmm. that's food or an injury or, or <laughs> fuck how their parents acted 30 years ago. Right. At some point you just got to say, everyone's trying to do the best they can. And some people suck. Mm -hmm. Some people are amazing. The universe doesn't care. It's completely indifferent to this. So it's my decision. I own it. And I'm going to go forward and accomplish this, and I won't be stopped. That's sp that's spot on, man. I re I really, I I really appreciate you taking the time to to talk to us today, Matt. Like it was it was no, great. dude. Look, man, uh, you and I have ch chatted a lot via DM and stuff like mm -hmm. that through over the course of the last couple of years, and I super appreciate that. Like, I don't I. I, I very much appreciate my audience. I don't get to do the things that I do mm. for a living without you guys thinking whatever it is I'm doing is cool enough to give a shit right. about. And so, you know, I'm responsible to you guys too. And so, like, you've done an amazing thing. And then you've built an audience based on your success, man. And if anything I can do to help pour some momentum and, and love back into that, like, I want to. Mm. Like, that's, that's positive shit. You know, with, you know, meanwhile, all the other fucking trash that's out there, like, like, you know, current drama and lifting that goes on YouTube or any of these other type of things. Like, I don't give any mind to that stuff. Mm. Like, I, I'm not going to make videos about that. Like, I don't give a shit. But stuff like this, I do. Like, I think this is valuable. I think it's wildly, you know, wildly important. And so, I mean, good on you. Because the same thing as losing weight and finally having that courage to make the decision to go forward or mate or have that the courage to finally decide like, I'm going to the gym today. And then I'm going to go again tomorrow. This is going to suck. I'm going to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be way outside of my zone. Even, even just the fact that I'm a 500 pound guy going to the gym and the looks of that place of looking at me like, oh shit, this ain't going to last. Mm. Fuck them. Fuck oh them. yeah. Mhm. Mm Give a shit what they think because what they think holds no value. Never take fucking criticism from people you wouldn't ask for advice. Right.
Mm. And so, I mean, and if, and if people that you would ask for advice don't follow your set of, of goals that are going to push you in that direction, fuck them too. <laughs> mm. You don't need their bullshit. It's, it's, it's up to you and be strong enough mentally to handle it yourself. You know, it's, it's so easy to look at those guys that come to the gym for the first day at the beginning of the year and try to get started and want to criticize it as like, oh, these people come to the gym. Meanwhile, I've been doing this for 20 years. Well, fucking good on you. But there was a day that you started too. Mm. And if you have walked through those doors and have decided to go pick up a weight to try to better your life, I have more in common with you than I do the people that sit out there and don't. And you got to own it. It's got to mm. be your fuck ups and it's got to be your, your progress. You're exactly right. You, it's, it's got to be something that you choose, you know, to put yourself under that stress and to, to take the good and the bad and own it all and, and, and stop placing responsibility in other places. Um, right. So, Again, man, just really thank you. I've really, I've had a great time talking today and I, I hope that everyone out there listening um, is going to, you know, get as much out of this conversation as I know that I did. Um, where, where can people who have no idea who, who Matt Vincent and who hate brand, what hate brand is can go to find you? Sure. Uh, the hate.com on um, the internets is a good place. Mm hmm. Uh, I hate Matt Vincent on Instagram. I've got a YouTube channel under Matthew Vincent and I have the, uh, um, so podcast. Those are basically all the interesting ways that you can find out about any of the random shit I talk about or do. There you go. There you go. So I, I, I hope that, you know, most of you people out there listening will, will check into Matt's stuff. There's, you know, dive into, dive into his YouTube channel. There's some, some great past stuff going on. And if you catch up on the Umso podcast, you're going to also be able to catch right now you're doing. You're you're in the thick of your 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 cast in the furious series, which I've been enjoying. Yes. Um, yeah, we're, we're two episodes into that, so it's I, been, it's been fun. I, I think it's hilarious. Like I, I I think it's great to see those movies through the eyes of people that clearly really get into it and enjoy it. Um, but it's it's I think one of the things that I admire the most in your content, like even with what you put out from hate, is that you always talk about your. You, you stay true to doing things that you want to do, that you want to wear, that you want to see. And, you know, if people people get in line with that, that's great. You know, if they if a drop falls and you move on to the next one, you know, that's great, too. Like, so I, I just want to, you know, say, you know, I, I appreciate you being out there, man, and, and what you the messages you put out for people and uh, keep doing that. Keep doing that shit. Thanks, dude. Cool. I, I really appreciate it, man. In the same way, I'm super stoked on what you're doing, man. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Like I, I, I think so far, like I know one of the, one of the lessons, cause I honestly, like I, when I was getting this podcast going, I recorded and deleted the first episode probably eight times. And yep. one, one of my friends, uh, miles out there, Telecron, who I had on this, this series, he's also a big hate fan. Um, yeah, he, he actually yeah, no, said, exactly to, who you're talking about. Yeah, he said to me, um, he goes, you know what Matt says though, you know, you're going to, the first episode isn't going to be as good as the hundredth episode. And you don't get to the hundredth episode without recording a hundred episodes before then. So I, right. I, I took that inspiration just to kind of dive in and get it going because I think, I think there's a place for these messages out there that, that people aren't getting. 
And I hope that I, do I, 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 I do hope too. I can. And, and, and that's for sure. True. Like you got to get good at it. And mm. part of, part of getting good at a thing is also like allowing yourself to suck at stuff. Mm. That that's a fun part. Like, like you're only allowed to be a kook for so long. So lean into sucking at things. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, cool. If I suck at it, that means I can get better at it. Like, like right now I'm playing around with swimming mm. as part of my training feels good on my legs. And like, I'm spending time in the pool because I can do bounding and plyometric work that way without the risk of injury. Mm. And like, I, I, I like it. I, I like being able to swim because I, I'm not good at swimming. But it's definitely something that I notice I'm a little bit better at every time I do it. Mm. And so find stuff that's skill acquisition. There you go. Well, I, I will say that I, I appreciate you when you're sharing your, your swimming. Like, to, just to tangent for a second, I appreciate you sharing the swimming. Because I, I was an avid swimmer when I was, was big and fat because I floated really well. Yeah. Um, right. I got I, I into a pool in Texas and I was in Austin a couple weeks ago and was like, oh yeah, I'm at a hotel with a rooftop pool. I'm going to go for a swim before I have to meet up with people. And I got in the pool and I sank right to the bottom and realized yeah. I don't float anymore at all. So, so I've gone oh. from being, I've gone from being someone who used to, you could never get me out of a pool. Like since the time I was a kid and now I, I'm actually to the point where I'm like, I think I need to find an adult swim lesson or I'm going to drown in a pool at some point. Like I'm going to, I'm going to sink to the, or I don't even know if they make adult size arm floaties, if that kind of thing is right. available, but it's, it's a new challenge that now I'm like, okay, now I have to find a pool so that I can actually teach myself to swim again because I love the water, but I don't think I'm safe in the water right now as a, as, as a mm. lead, a lead stone that'll fall to the bottom. So that's a new, sure, sure. yeah, like it's, it's like, I, I could float for hours. I could sit in the water and float for hours and eat and drink in the water and never get out. And now I get in and I'm like, why aren't my legs rising to the top of the water? Like I used to have to fight to keep my legs under the water. And now I'm like, this is, this is a new, there's new physics to my body that I'm, that I'm figuring out. So, you know, new adventures, man, new adventures, keep finding new things. It's good stuff. Always dude. Always. Well, Matt, thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to do a little wrap up now. And, and I really appreciate your time today. That was really, really cool to get to talk to you. Um, thank you again. Like everyone, like Matt said, check him out at, I hate Matt Vincent and hate is H V I I I. Um, not H A T E. So don't look for that. Uh, there might be an, I, I think hate if you Matt Google it, it comes up at this point. I, I think if it you does, Google actually. even just hate brand goods, it comes up. So sweet. Completely. You know, it. There you go. You know, you've got your, the internets are your domain, man, They're your domain. So find Matt, connect with him, uh, check out hate brand. Uh, again, this has been your host Gormy. Glad to have you along for another episode of the fat guy forum, where we talk to you fat guys of all shapes and sizes and talk about their experiences and perspectives. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on the Instagram at Gormy underscore goes underscore keto on Twitter at Gormy goes keto. And you can also email the show. We've got a couple couple feedback messages. Uh, Thefatguyforum at gmail.com. If you're listening on one of those apps that allows you to give a rating, also, I'd really appreciate that. Drop a rating to the show. Get us in front of some more people. I'd really appreciate it. Thank you all. And remember, like I always end every episode, 
uh, do something today to amaze yourself because you really are an amazing person. So step outside of that comfort zone and get something done today. Thanks, y'all. Have a good one.